Welcome to Energy Unleashed, a unique podcast that kicks off each episode with an energy update of an actual client healing session from Suzanne Worthley, a full-time intuitive energy practitioner and holistic healer. Suzanne openly shares real client challenges and fears from health issues to personal relationships to ghosts and land hauntings to death and dying and more. Directly following each energy update, Suzanne invites co-host Kim Hess to join her in Unleash to present the human perspective, share real life experiences, and offer professional energy tactics to help you navigate life here on Earth and beyond. Hello and welcome everybody back to another episode of Energy Unleashed. I am Suzanne Worthley and I am here with Kim Hess and I'm going to bring Kim in in a little bit here. We start Energy Unleashed with the energy updates, which is me as an energy practitioner sharing some stories from my clients' sessions. Now they give me anonymous approval in terms of sharing their stories, which I'm so grateful for because I have the most amazing experiences each and every day and we can all learn from one another. So I would like to extend my thanks to all of those listening and all of those that offer their stories to share. And this particular one is kind of uh, unique in that I find trends or patterns as a practitioner. And I oftentimes will see lots of clients cluster at the same time, which kind of do the same thing or teach the same lesson or have the same challenge. And it's interesting because when we start an annual year, I oftentimes find that a lot of people energetically will, you know, start the year out with a really great, um, you know, I've got my New Year's resolution. Everything's going to be great. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And we start out with these really great hope-filled um, kind of energy signatures. And by by about the end of that first quarter, there's a lot of people that are really coming up against some angst with 3D stuff. And this is the time period that I had this particular client. It was during the first quarter ending. So this would be like post tax season. And I think it's super interesting because I find that a lot of people at that point in time, whether they have root chakra problems or not, meaning uh, fight or flight, relationships, materialism, money issues, sense of security, all of those things, uh, they will pick up a collective energy during that time period oftentimes. And this particular client was one of those. She was picking up a lot of angst with 3D stuff. It was really affecting her relationship. She was trying to figure out if she wanted to move. She was having this yearning to get the heck out of Dodge. And a lot of old programs were being kind of like triggered. And I think it's so incredible because, you know, that IRS box that we all seem to still get stuck in right now is a very scary um, frequency that happens on a collective basis. Now, whether you owe money to taxes or you're getting money back or you're, you know, you're doing things right or you're sneaking things under the radar, it doesn't matter. We're all terrified of those three letters, I and R and S for some reason. And oftentimes in this end of the first quarter, I find triggers in people that will bring up old layers and old, you know, what we would oftentimes call onion ring or onion layers, um, peeling back the things that was crappy when I was a kid or when I was young, etc. And that's, I think, what was happening with this client. So this um, particular gal was having a lot of effect on her relationship. And I think that this is very, very common. And again, I really appreciate that she shares her story because we can all, you know, learn from one another here. She had a partner that um, actually in the past had had a lot of um, eating order issues and and eating disorder issues, sorry. And she... um, this client of mine was really getting triggered into feeling like, oh my gosh, our relationship is really struggling. I'm having all these issues with the sense of being and self and security. And do I leave or do I stay here and try to help my partner because she is now coming full circle and coming back to challenges with an eating disorder that she had already been challenged with in the past and pretty much had resolved. And things were basically really rocky. And it was leaving my client, who was new for me, um, really exhausted, really worried, and really, really triggering in old messages of I'm not good enough. And this is what oftentimes happens when we have this um, 
materialism 3D kind of challenge that comes up. And it is an annual thing. It's very interesting. So watch that for yourselves because, you know, just a heads up that that can easily happen. So what will happen when somebody is up against this stuff is they will oftentimes uh, take on what we would call an archetype of the savior, the savior program. So an archetype is just kind of like, you know, it's a, a way of acting. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of being. It's a way of presenting. It's a way of looking at the world. And when we have the savior archetype, this is oftentimes a loop pattern that is triggered because I already inside of my own self am running some semblance of a narrative of I'm not good enough. And if I'm not good enough, then I can step in and save somebody else. And then that proves that I'm good enough. And this is very, very typical for a lot of people, because we will look outside of ourselves for our worth and our value. And oftentimes we want to fix our partner. And we're going to get into that much more when we unleash that part with Kim, because, you know, the savior program is very, um, I wouldn't say typical with everyone, but it's, it, it does creep up in partnerships a lot. This has a lot to do with our ego. And our, our, our ego is not necessarily running this on a conscious level. It's more so on a subconscious level. But what's technically happening in terms of energy with this is, unbeknownst to ourselves usually, it is that I'm really basically not comfortable with that other person. My partner, um, this can be a boss, this can be a kid, it can be a friend, it can be a stranger. I am not comfortable with the other person that is uh, presenting itself as somehow broken or not right or needs help or is frustrated or angry or sad and all of these things. And because I'm actually not comfortable around them, I flip it around in my head and I basically think I want to fix them because then I'm going to save them. But the essence of the energy is, is I'm not comfortable around them because it's really affecting my field. And so we're going to talk about that a lot more when we unleash here, because this is a very typical pattern and a loop for a lot of different people. So it's really really all about becoming aware, becoming humble, becoming honest and trying really um, to be present with what's going on and not allow these triggers to just automatically happen. But this particular client wasn't aware of any of this. So it was automatically happening. And until we had the conversation, she was kind of like, pretty much unaware. And and I don't mean ignorant in a bad way, but ignorant to the concept of energy happening in a loop pattern anyway. Um, When I do a client session, I oftentimes pull a card at the beginning of it, and it is usually an angel card or an oracle card. And I usually ask before the client comes in or before I go online with them to say, show me what we need to do some work on or show me what this client needs to know more about. And this particular client picked the romance card. Now, automatically, you know, most people are going to think, oh, it's the romance with the partner. Oh, it's the romance of a relationship that was struggling. And that is not the case when we pick a card, it's for ourself. And so what does the romance card have to do with self? That means that this is a balance between my right side of my body, which is my male energy and the left side of my body, which is my female energy. And it is romancing and getting to know my own self. It's a combination. It's combining those male and female energies as one. It's knowing my own frequency. It's understanding what makes me happy and feels full and self-fulfilled and appreciated, etc. And We don't work like this because we have been very, very programmed and drawn into a lot of different media, a lot of movies. This brings up for me the one that sticks in my throat the most, which is that Tom Cruise movie where I think it's Renee Zellweger. I never say her name right. (laughs) Um, and, And she says, you complete me. And that's like one of the things that takes me to my knees because no one should complete another. We should complete ourselves. And Kim and I are definitely going to unleash that in a little bit here when we get hurt online. But um, yeah, this is part of what is going on for this particular client here is, is that we were feeling like we need to complete one another. And yet she was feeling very agitated and restless. So her restlessness was one of the things that she was coming to me for. She was confused about, gosh, I don't know if I should leave this relationship. I don't know if I should go somewhere. And as I got to know this client into the session, uh, what came forward was, that she holds the energy of the gypsy. And what that means for me, this is kind of another archetype of sorts, but but it isn't um, a, a necessarily a negative one. The 
archetype of the gypsy means that, you know, sometimes I just want to go. I just want to hit the road. I just want to be free. I want to keep traveling. I want to be that rolling stone that gathers no moss. And these are really unique people. Not everybody holds a gypsy frequency. Not everybody holds, I would say, an organic gypsy frequency. And this is something that we're going to really talk about because it's interesting and, and it's an energy thing. Sometimes people on this planet are designed to be called to move forward in their life, to actually physically move forward from the space and the place that they're in in their life. And sometimes that means I bring my relationship with me and other times it does not. And this particular new client was kind of in the middle of that that choice right now because, again, she had looped and triggered all of her old things of, oh, my gosh, I'm supposed to take care of my partner. What if she gets sick if I leave her? What if she gets her old eating habits back? Blah, blah, blah. And so she didn't know if this feeling of I want to leave was a truth or if it was a fight or flight reaction. And she didn't know if she was running away from something or running to something. And so this is very important for a discernment process for someone who is doing this kind of like um, narrative struggle, this kind of argument within oneself, because there is definitely a big difference between someone who is a soul frequency of the gypsy, meaning that my true soul holds an organic frequency of I'm going to keep going, I'm going to move, I'm going to change my space. And there's a reason for that. And we're going to get into that. But then there is also so that's the organic soul gypsy. But then there is also the I'm going to get the heck out of Dodge gypsy, because there is very many people who actually have a fear of commitment, or a fear of planting roots, or a fear of I've been here too long, and I just got to go and I don't know why I got to go. And it's all kind of rolling around in that mental field. And they don't they're running from something more so where the soul gypsy runs to something or moves forward to something. So these are really, really different things. Now, a soul gypsy, the organic one, is oftentimes really called to use their meat and bone body, much like a what I call a flash drive situation, meaning that I actually move information, I move energy, I move consciousness, I move things by taking them into my auric field and sometimes my physical field and oftentimes, yes, my emotions and my mental field. And I am moving the energy from one place to another via my body. And sometimes my body's just going there because my actual physical body needs to be there to receive the information or bring the information from another place. Now, this can go from across the states. It can go across the globe. It can go from lifetime to lifetime. Um, This is an It's like it's a calling and it comes from inside of them from their higher self. And most people don't have a clue that this is a real thing for their soul. They don't have any idea that these meat and bone bodies actually move information. This is not something that we're taught or necessarily told. So oftentimes the soul organic gypsy will not necessarily heed the call or honor the voice and then they become miserable and then they will have a breakdown in their actual relationships because they're thinking it's about that relationship instead of understanding the relationship is with their body and the land. So this is a very interesting kind of a person and there isn't, I, you know, tons and tons out there, I, I don't think, but I've had quite, I don't know, a handful of gypsies in my days of being a practitioner and oftentimes they're very similar. They, they get that, that nudge and they get that feel and a lot of them will honor it. A lot of them don't necessarily have a, um, a relationship that is uh, solid. A lot of them will change relationships. A lot of them will move through relationships. Um, this is about using your meat body and, and actually using your DNA, your meat, your bone, your consciousness as like a cellular exchange. And it is an inner knowing that I am standing on this land or I'm on this beach or I'm on this mountaintop and I'm actually garnering information in terms of energy. And sometimes I know I'm doing it. And most of the times I don't, I just know I feel great, or I know I'm exhausted, or I know something's happening. But the more adept you can get at this, if you are a gypsy, the more fascinating this can be, because we can start to understand that we're actually doing something that's valuable and important. Now, I'm not what not what I am not known as a actual gypsy by any means, but I do do 
the moving of the energy and the flash drive situation because I'm a practitioner and I do that for my body. And so I've done this many times and we'll talk about this with Kim further um, in a bit too, because I mean, I've done it in Peru and, and in fact, she was actually there with me when I did do some of this in Peru. And, um, you know, I've done it in Arizona. She was actually with me on that one, too. And so um, it's very interesting because I am very aware that I use my body for this and I'm very connected to my guidance and I know exactly what I'm doing. So we'll get into that a lot more in a little bit. But, you know, the gypsy that we're talking about in terms of this client can be a short term kind of a thing. Like I can do this stuff on my vacation. I can be called to the beach. I can be called to the mountaintop, whatever. Um, or it can be much more long term, meaning I move from home to home to home. I also have another really dear client who I work on pretty consistently. And she is very much a home gypsy, meaning her guidance tells her almost exactly where to move. And she knows intuitively when it's time to leave that space because she knows the energy work that she does on a high scale with her higher self is very much about holding the energy and the space in that home. And when that work is done, she gets the guidance that it's time to leave. And she's followed that for very many years. And I've actually worked with her in terms of clearing some of the home spaces that she lives in too. So that's another version of the gypsy. Now, I know this all kind of sounds weird to normal people, if we want to say that. But, um, you know, take or leave anything we say on any of these podcasts, because we're not here to be anybody's truth. And if it resonates, great. And you may or may not be a gypsy. And and if you're not a gypsy, you know, take it for entertainment value or, or just information period. But if this resonates a little bit, you may start to find out that you are indeed some semblance of a gypsy. And it's important, in my opinion, for you to discern, are you doing that fight or flight because I'm having relationship problems? Am I doing fight or flight because I've triggered and I'm having crap go on with me that I haven't cleared? Or am I truly an organic calling and I'm heeding the call and I'm asking my guides for you know clarity? So this is all about personal choices. You know, I mean, we don't have to do anything just because we hold that organic gypsy frequency doesn't mean that just because I'm getting called, I have to go because indeed we do have free will. So this is all kind of um, a, a really unique situation. But I think people do it more often than they think. And like I said, Kim, um, I'm going to bring her in now. So yeah, Kim, right? I mean, you've been how weird is that that you were on both trips with me that I just referred to, right? That were major transmissions of information. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was just Googling about that. I'm like, wow. That's, um, I think I was there probably to hold space. Yeah. And I love, I love unleashing this stuff with Kim because me being the practitioner and her being the one that has gone through such a, um, you know, a, a quick trajectory in your spiritual journey. I mean, when I first knew you on the first Peru one, you were green as green can be <laughs> and you didn't know anything about energy. And then the second one, it was in Arizona, which is what, six years later, almost five, five yeah. years later, a good five, six. And you literally knew you were holding space. So let's kind of talk about those differences. So let me tell the uh, listeners first. So what Peru was for me was um, I was doing my spiritual tour to Peru and I was called in my sleep state and I was told to get out into my healing room because they were going to basically my guidance, my guides, my higher self, my God source, whatever package you want to put on that, um, was going to upload my body again, like a flash drive with, I work in geometrics and, um, frequencies and circuitry. And they literally said to me that we're going to put geometrics in your body and you're going to take these to Peru. And I mean, talk about needing the rubber room. That was like, what the heck? <laughs> you could say, what, 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 what are you doing? What? What, what what does that mean what does that yeah. mean and so I did and I heated the call and I went out in my room and I am not joking I vividly remember them putting like three or four geometrics like a circle a square you know 3d obviously and into my so-called consciousness or into my actual physical meat body but then we go to Peru and we're doing ceremony at one of the most sacred places I think this was in Mariah when we did it mm-hmm. and you were on my first trip to Peru and I didn't know what I was supposed to do they told me that I would know what to do and when to do it automatically and intuitively. And I'm thinking to myself, I've lost my mind completely. And we're in this sacred ceremony with the shamans. And it was, remember, it was clear as bell. It was no rain, no nothing. Totally blue sky, gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful, gorgeous. Everyone's just doing their thing. Everyone's really chill. We're all thinking we're all, you know, like, oh, this is so, this is so shaman. And then all of a sudden, I 
dropped one of these geometrics like a chicken lays an egg like it was this feeling of it just I mean we're sitting on the ground obviously and I was sitting in the shaman's space of on a sacred shawl besides because I was holding space with the shamans and and here I am on this sacred shawl and I feel like I dropped this geometric egg into the earth and do you remember what happened? Yeah, there was huge thunder. Like <laughs> the ground was vibrating. Shaking. And I remember sitting on my little sweater, you know, and I'm, I'm like, what is happening? It's a clear blue sky. Like I don't understand. And it was a crack of thunder, remember? And then the shaman both like sat up and they looked at you like, what, what did the you heck? just do? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then and then they were all like, blah, 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 all, you know, talking in Caro and Spanish and everything else under the sun. And then my little interpreter, Ronnie, goes, they are saying, because he's trying to calm everybody down. They are saying someone, and he stares at me, brought something very powerful to this place. <laughs> Remember that? That was so funny. <laughs> I think so, we all looked at you. Yeah, it was a little weird. And everyone's like, okay. But for me, that was very strange because I I knew I was doing something, but I had no idea what I was doing. So I don't necessarily think every gypsy does like, um, you know, a geometric, mm-hmm. for example. And I don't necessarily think every gypsy even knows what they're doing. Now, in Arizona, um, we're not going to get into that whole story because it's a really long one. But again, just took some information from one spot and moved it to another via my body. And I think it's really important to know that you can train yourself and you can understand this stuff and you can you know, um, do it. And do you want to explain to the listeners? Cause you said in Arizona, you were much more adept. You're much more aware. You're much more farther down your spiritual journey. And you said, yeah, remember in Arizona, I held space. Do you want to tell them what that means? Yeah. I think, um, when we got out of the van, it, we were on a little tour and immediately you went to a spot mm-hmm. and sat down and you were, you were doing, you were gone. Yeah. I was out of body in were, two seconds. Yeah. Right. And so um, we were on Navajo land, by the way. I looked at the the side of the um, cliff or the wall, you know, that was in front of us, mm-hmm. and I just knew that I had to step back and and just hold or wait. Mm-hmm. And it didn't mean that I had any special powers of what you know, like I I wasn't like told, oh my gosh, do this with your hands or do the. I just knew I was standing there for a reason. Yep, and that. Um, the space that I was away from you was where I needed to be. And it's like you're an anchor is what that means. So for anyone that has never channeled or gone out of body and done these things, oftentimes the channel is, is grateful. Well, all the time we're grateful Mm -hmm. for anyone that holds that space, meaning, you know, we're so gone and we're so out that when those bodies that hold the space to me, that's like prayer. And Kim is very prayer filled Mm -hmm. and, and they, are physically in that place to just hold it so that my humanness can come fully back into my body, my consciousness can come fully back into my humanity, etc. And Mm -hmm. so it's to me extremely important. And it's weird, because you're not doing anything. And yet you're doing tons, right? Because consciously, (laughs) I'm not aware of everything that's happening unconsciously, like it was not totally aware until you started telling us what was happening. Yeah, then I realized I'm like, wow, I was standing in that place for a reason. Yeah. You know, and and while I felt the power of the land and I felt energy, I wasn't quite sure what I was doing. Yeah. You know, and I think the more that um, like my sister holds space for me a lot of times and she knows what she's doing. And now Mm -hmm. over the years, she's become more of the tag team of I'm getting this at the same time you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think the space holders for that kind of land um, flash drive situation are super important. And I really do value the people that hold those because I don't, I mean, obviously I could have done something alone, but it is much more powerful when you have Mm -hmm. the placeholders because you can go bigger and deeper and out there more, I think. Um, And plus your humanness isn't thinking, am I going to come back? Well, (laughs) and I think that you, in that situation, you don't want to have that fear. Yeah. Because I think that stops you from doing the what work. you're supposed to be doing. That's a great that work. point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Right. And the other two people that were with us ended up in spots, too, that were pretty amazing yep. around you as well. So. Yep. Everybody stood space on that mm-hmm. Arizona one. That was really crazy. And ironically, I think that a lot of space holders were in Peru that no one just didn't know what the heck was going on, mm-hmm. <laughs> including myself on that one, because that was my first go around. But now I understand, again, I don't consider myself a gypsy 
a soul organic gypsy kind of frequency, but I definitely feel like I get called for mission. I get called for work. I get called for the job, but it's not that much difference. But the gypsy is a little bit more, um, you know, we all know what a gypsy in our head, in Mm -hmm. our little, you know, artistic head looks like you got your bare feet and you got your fun floaty dress and your hair is all crazy and it's just fun. And it isn't always fun. The gypsy is not fun. This particular client was very disturbed and very upset about the whole relationship issue. And it can be very confusing. Yeah, I think um, the gypsy we had in mind was from TV back in the 60s of Bohemian. Yep. Like you said, just really um, Esmeralda, back, through, you know, right. Esmeralda, Esmeralda from Disney. Yeah, but I would think, I, you know, I, I understanding the gypsy and that they're continually getting the call to move, to move, to move. There's got to be a part of you that is like, why can't I just settle right. down? But then that desire to move on yeah. is, um, that has to be a little frustrating, you know. I, well, and I, I think you think you're broken, or you think mm-hmm. something's wrong with you, or you think I can't. There's a big a narrative mm-hmm. behind there that I think is very confusing. And so I'm glad that we actually had a gypsy story to share on one of these because there are people out there that will get that push. Mm-hmm. And be very clear, there's other people out there that will get that push for a negative narrative, a negative narrative that says, you've been here too long, you gotta fly, don't put your roots down, that's not safe. So there's a negative spin to this. And I actually do have another friend that I'm aware of that um, actually feels like, I've been here too long, I gotta go, there's something wrong. And this is actually a self-worth issue that that is not grounded in, I'm safe. So do you see how crazy that is? Because it it's doing, it does both, you right. know? Right, you keep thinking you're gonna find happiness in that next place, or you're gonna find that that thing that's gonna make you feel worthy. Or that and, house, or, that person, or the or mountain, that, right, or the... The land, whatever you're looking for, yep. and you're, you just never find it. And, and it's just continually validating it's not enough there's not mm-hmm. enough I'm not enough it isn't enough and so this is the negative side but the true gypsy usually doesn't have that um, well I shouldn't say they usually don't because I'm sure that they do but this particular one was really triggered because of the confusion in the narrative and like just flew right back into those codependency things. And and they had had a pretty stable relationship as far as I was understanding. And when all of this yearn came up, it started to go, oh, and then it's like, also like, are you just pulling all this shit because I'm leaving? Are you pulling out all the tools to keep me to stay? You know, all of that stuff will kind of come out in really not attractive ways. And we'll start to resent each other and blame each other and worry about each other. And then now I'm all of a sudden slipping back into your codependency. And it's my job to make sure that you eat. And I'm watching how much is going in your plate. And, you know, all of that was starting to happen. And it was super confusing for her. Well, it's a manipulation. Yeah. You know, when you look in in that situation that... Um, if, if that other person is trying to keep her there, yeah, you know, by being sick and, and needing her, which I think wasn't the case, but it could very well be the case. I don't think she was doing it. I think that the other, my client was actually just looking, 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 counting, watching, seeing, and expending all of this energy that wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. because I don't believe the other gal in this particular case was manipulating, but I'm sure there's many, many cases where that is what's going on. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I, even subconsciously, I was kind of thinking that could be, you know, there's that, I have that energy feeling that something's going to happen. Yep. And that's when no matter what your illness or addiction might be, is yep. when you kind of go into that place. And codependency is so freaking hard anyway. Right. Well, I mean, it's such a mess. Right. That whole complete me thing is your whole, Right. The the whole purpose is that you're here to make yourself whole and that you don't need that validation and that you love yourself, you know, first. But who gets that that memo? I didn't get it. I mean, I didn't get that memo. You can't do like half and half. Right. Your half and my half together. It makes us whole. No, you're still not whole. And then you go and stick Tom Cruise in some dumbass movie that says it and it becomes the buzz line for the 80s you know and it's like maybe that was 90s i don't even know what movie was that do you even remember um jerry Maguire. oh yeah yeah that's what it was the stupid (laughs) the stupid sports guy 
I get a point. You do. That was really good. You pulled that out. <laughs> and I never can say that girl's name either. Zell Zellwiger. Zellwiger. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just one of those lines that you thought was super romantic when you're watching it. And every hair on my body stood up and said, oh, hell no. No. And, you know, then as a practitioner, I've watched for years and years that people truly believe that that's like a thing, you know? I mean, that's like, that's like, oh, we have such a great relationship because I complete them. And I'm like, oh my God, are you nuts? You know, so that's, that's a really tough one. And then that codependency thing is even like deeper and more thick. And, and we will trigger and loop these patterns oftentimes because it's so weird to me that we trigger it from something completely different. Like I said, this first quarter, end of first quarter thing uh, slays me every year. I mean, I've been doing this work for a long time and I've noticed every single time end of March, first of April comes around. And there's many reasons. Um, you know, like I said, it's coming off of those New Year's resolutions. And now I feel like crap because I already broke them all. And, you know, I'm a piece of junk and I'm all still fat already. And I didn't go to the gym. And, you know, we do a million of Minnesota these. Minnesota weather. Yep. You've got. Yeah. And then you look at when you talk about the financial part of it. I mean, that's. Yeah. You have taxes, but you also have property taxes if you own property everything like all of it hits it's just a really bad time and then you throw in stupid valentine's day in there and then of course then we have dogmatic easter and all of these like really um hiccups in the middle Mm -hmm. of this time period really throw people off and then the irs looming like i'm not good enough there isn't enough i don't have enough it's not safe there's no money oh my god everything's going to be gone and this mantra starts and people on a collective basis lose it. It's mm-hmm. so interesting to me. I always am super busy during that time. And I think it's so amazing that we don't get it. I mean, how can we not get it after all this time that that's like, put a little sticky note on your head and just remember this is collective bullshit because that's where we all trigger. And when I trigger with something as simple as the IRS and that there isn't enough, it directly equates to I'm not enough. And we don't understand that. And so what do I do? If there isn't enough and I'm not enough, I'm going to come home and I'm going to look at my partner and think, oh, I have to fix everything because then I'll be enough. And then boom, it starts. And by the way, I'm not going to focus on me because that would be too hard. So I'm going to focus on you. (laughs) I mean, it's totally a a vicious circle. It is. It's a loop. All of the I'm not worthy. Yeah. um, But when you were talking about earlier, uh, the collective consciousness. I think that's always a hard concept. And mm-hmm. I know we've probably mentioned it in other things that we've talked about too, but um, the collective is so hard to really understand because people feel so individual. Yeah. So you're saying you need to be whole. You need to take care of yourself. You need to be one. You're not um, completed by someone else. You're right. completed within yourself. But then you talk about collective consciousness and it's like, wait a minute, but then we're part of the all. Yeah. All of it. And it's all energy. And remember, I'm going to give you a really weird sidebar example. If you're in a room like a meeting and a meeting goes haywire and everybody's screaming in the meeting and it gets super heated and all of a sudden, I mean like emotions are flaring and people are lashing out and all that shit hits the fan at this meeting. You know what that feels like in that room and you can even clear the boardroom and somebody can walk in and just feel like yuck right Mm -hmm. because it's energy it's put out there it's in a pool and when we have multiple additions to that pool that soup gets really thick Mm -hmm. so think about that on a gigantic universal multi-universal multi-timeline scale there is gazillions of shards of that gunk out there Mm -hmm. and depending on who's fueling it more and more and more the scales are always tipping there's more fear today there's less fear today and every single thing is equates directly to a something you know oh we're all scared of a pandemic or we're all scared of you know the world ending we're all scared the fish are dying in the ocean you know there's always these feeders that are going into it Mm -hmm. and then we will exponentially grow that fear with things like the media and then all of a sudden you know 9-11 every time we see the pictures even though it's been many 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 years we will reboot that program and terrorism now I'm scared all over again and I'll reboot all of that stuff and so we're always putting gasoline on the fire is what we're doing and we're layering and layering and layering so think of it as a big huge soup of that really nasty boardroom meeting times a gazillion. That's kind of what the energy of the collective oh, can feel it's like. So, it's and, thick. I mean, because I think everybody is experiencing something because of the results of the pandemic. Yep. And even though there's hope and, and people are getting really excited about being back out and all of that, but when you start to worry about money 
and and you bring it down to your playground Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden things start to break you know, yep. you get a bill you didn't expect. You and now I, have now to go I the times doctor 10. And yep. I mean, all that in your own personal life adds up to a lot, which is then getting pushed up into the collective as right. well. Right. So me as an individual is going to keep layering on and layering on like that boardroom. I fight with myself. I fight with myself. I fight with myself. Like the employers are fighting with themselves. Mm-hmm. And then that room feels thick. I do that as an individual all day long or not, depending on how adept I am at my skill set. Um, but then we are all doing it and billions and billions and billions of people are adding into that same big soup. And so this is what we are dealing with all the time. And then, like I said, media controls nine tenths of it. It will always drive the fear factor even more. And then we see the news and whether I watch it or not, I know the frequency. I pick it up because I'm walking through the room and everybody else knows it. And so we're constantly exchanging this information. So that collective will automatically Um, offer me something that is or is not mine. And most every human on this planet is not trained to stop and go, hey, I feel like crap right now, or I'm scared right now, or I feel nervous, or I feel really unnerved. Is that mine? And really sit with that for a second. And it only takes a second if you're good at this. And you ask the question, is this mine? And most of us don't even ask the question. And if we learn to ask the question, we can go, yeah, you know what, that's not even mine. And we can gain and garner skill sets to let that go. Or I can also go, yes, that is mine. But is that 100% mine? Mm -hmm. Is that 100% mine? Or do I got about a 3% on that? And the other, you know, 97 is in the collective, etc. Or it's 100% not mine. And then the questions are, whose is it? What is it? What do I want to do with that? And so forth. So this whole process is not something we're introduced to at all. No. And so what do we do? We just take the shit every day, all day and make it worse. Yeah. And as you learn your own energy, I think that discernment piece is not easy to start. No. You really don't understand what's yours and what's not. Um, and, and the reactions, it takes practice. And it takes you know, trust. Really, oh, trust is huge in all of this. Yeah. It takes a faith and a trust that I'm not making this up. And even if I am making it up, it doesn't matter. I'm learning by making it up. And that's something that we're not very good at either because the human does not trust. So then you take all this, you know, the the collective consciousness. Now this couple of partners have these issues that are different. She's feeling the gypsy pull, but she has financial issues. You've got the eating disorder which could be also part of the collective and the yep. fear of what's coming out of the collective. Uh, not right? enough, not enough, not, not enough. enough, all the whole thing. And then you you look at the one partner becomes the savior. I'm going to save you from your own yeah. behavior and your your you know what you're going through. You know, let's talk about the savior a little bit because that's archetypes that's, are tough. Yeah, you know, we think they're great, and sadly, um, we referred to Esmeralda and Disney earlier. A lot of our children movies run archetypes from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So we're trained right in the media, right out of the gate, that there's always going to be somebody or something that's going to save us. You yeah. know, Prince you, Charming. Yep. And, at the end yeah. of the day, you think the world's going to blow up and then somebody's going to save the planet. And mm-hmm. you think that this is going to happen. And this is why we fall prey to, you know, the government's going to save us. The president's going to save us. The, you know, the medicine's going to save us. All of these things are going to save us. And it's usually pretty bogus. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. all it's all false. Yeah. And the savior piece of it, I, I would think about I, I do know a few people that are, you know, very much that archetype that. Um, it's harder to look at their own stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, that that whatever they're going through, their unhappiness, their relationship, you know, the the only way that they, you know, feel the worthiness is is to put the time into someone else. And, and it's, that. it's very similar to the hero. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's very similar, but it's a little bit different. There's more of a martyr thing going on. Yes. You know, the heroes, I'm going to come in on the white horse and save the day. So that is a little close. But the savior is more like, I'm going to suffer. (laughs) It's that damn suffering thing. I'm going to suffer myself through this. Yeah. You know, so they choose to do this. Oh, yeah. To be that, you know, go in and be that savior. Yeah. But then they hold it kind of over that person too. Kind of resent. Yeah, it's the manipulation. Because the resentment comes in. Yep, yep. Um, But also it is a manipulation. Yeah. For sure. And this is not saying there's anything wrong with these clients or these people. We're not saying they're bad. This is typical human behavior in a very 
superficial way. It isn't genuine, but it, we think that this is what we're supposed to do because mm-hmm. this is what humans do. And so again, we're not like calling anybody out. We're not saying, you know, that you're you're ignorant or you're acting silly or poor, or, you know, wrong or any of those things because we're just human. But that's why we're sharing these things because it literally is false. It's a false narrative. It so is not real. Do you come into the, this world with that archetype or do you actually learn that behavior? God, that's archetype? a great question. Um, I When I tap into that right now for my guides, they say both. I would think it's both. Yeah. I think depending on your childhood, you know, your church or community, you know, all the things that are in school, yep. all the influences. Your societal you influences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're also signing up from the soul's perspective for the parents that are offering the societal influence. So yeah, that's why true. they're saying it's both. I mean, a lot of times we will have from our soul contract a reason to understand that I'm not here to save you. So I can understand from that perspective then that this is signed up from the beginning. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it is learned behavior. So I do believe it's both. So when you figure out, like you're working with this client, uh, I'm still sticking with the the savior archetype. Um, Does that person realize that they are that? And is there, I mean, as part of the healing that you offer, how do you work with them to try and... I think that they can recognize the the behavior. Mm-hmm. And when you give them the framework of something that is called an archetype and a, under they get the knowledge base and they get the understanding, they can understand it in a conceptual way. Mm-hmm. The work, however, that's the easy part. The work, however, is what's behind it. What's behind it is a lack of your own self-worth. And the funny part is, is the savior thinks that they're saving somebody that has no worth or no self-worth. And they're doing that because they themselves have no self worth. Right. So we've got we've got a lose lose going here. Oh my gosh, that's right? so hard to learn not to be that. You know? But every human walking this planet lacks self worth because mm-hmm. this is part of the reason for us and in, in in our incarnation is to understand our worth. And so this is very again common thread for everybody in some package in some package on this planet mm-hmm. is to come up to the place, the space, the time, the situation, the person, whatever, to understand I am worth. Yeah. And you can't provide that for me. I can only provide that for myself. And so we all have different packages that we're dealing with that. And so she, in in that regard, is not unique in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And it is so interesting because um, all of us, like you said, have our stuff of yep. self-worth. And um, you always feel like you're making your way past that. And then all of a sudden something will trigger it. And you, you, you know, when you were talking about discernment or really understanding for myself, what, why is that happening? Right. You know, when you go back to, okay, is it really about my core belief or my childhood or whatever? Why am I letting that come in? Or is it part of the collective and what's happening there? Like, and it can is, be both. Yeah. And this is why it's so important to say even percentages. You know, I do percentages for my own self. Is this, you know, 50-50 today? Is this 30% me and 70% something? Is this 150% collective? I mean, am I like just swimming in the soup out there and I got nothing, you know? So yeah, I mean, this is important for us. And I put percentages on because it gives me a little bit better barometer on how to work with myself. But discernment is, I, you know, I believe, gosh, if we learn anything as children, we should be learning discernment. And it doesn't come up anywhere in our schooling. You know, it's oh, not, think about it. Even it's not like third grade, you there's, know, there's that every little child in there has energy. Yeah. And depending on what they had going on for that day with their family. Right. Wouldn't it be great? You're influenced by that energy. And you have no idea. Every day, every day. And then we put 12 years in a school and then how many more on top of that? And then we become adults and it gets worse. So we're not a society that does this very well. It's just pretty obvious. I don't think we're supposed to know all this, but. Yeah, it's um, it's just really a, a difficult a difficult thing for relationships, period. And so then when you add in this concept of somebody wants to go, somebody wants to go, then that one that's home is also doing that. I'm not good enough for you to stay. You know, if I was better and you love me more, you wouldn't want to leave. I mean, there's a lot of that manipulation going on too, which doesn't necessarily even be a truth. And oftentimes the the organic, the true gypsy, if they are unaware, does not even understand that their body is yearning to do it because it's supposed to do it. No one gives us permission to be that. This is seen as a flaky, 
you're not responsible, you don't have any consistency, what is wrong with you, why can't you put down roots? I mean, this every this is counter to everything that most quote-unquote normal families see as productive or successful or normal. And so the gypsy oftentimes is looked at as the black sheep of the family, or you're the weird one, or why can't you figure this stuff out? And this only adds then to that self-esteem issue that is rooted in there anyway. Mm -hmm. And so it's very difficult to be a gypsy until you figure out, oh, wait a minute, my body works differently. And most of the time until they end up with somebody like an energy worker or somebody that knows this kind of stuff, that my client would have never in a thousand years even understood that urine is an actual gift that the universe, Gaia herself, is calling upon you to connect those two. The universe wants to talk to Gaia. Gaia wants to talk to the universe. Hey, guess what? You're in the middle. You're the flash drive. You're the one that can move that information. And so most of the time also, the gypsy will not necessarily even A, get it, but B, be trained. And so they're not aware that their body's even doing it. So there's no receiving from that gift. Mm -hmm. There's no understanding. There's no gratitude or awe or wonder. I am very fortunate because I know exactly what I'm doing and I'm in awe. And oftentimes I'm very grateful and sometimes I'm just exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) I get the exhausted part. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very difficult. And so that's why I think these podcasts are really unique and cool to be able to share that this stuff's real. This is not necessarily, you know, a fake thing. If my body's yearning, you know, I had another client the other day that just was, that was a guy and he's like, I don't even get it. I just, I keep telling my wife, I got to go, I got to go. And she keeps thinking I got to leave the marriage and it's nothing to do with the marriage. I'm just supposed to go somewhere. I just, I'm supposed to go somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, because your body's being called, you know? And in this case, he wanted to go to somewhere with water. And, and I think we just, we did a podcast on him not all that long ago. And Um, you know, the water was calling him and the water was needing his connection. And these are, you know, that, you know, that that call, you know, know Hey, talk about that. I mean, like, what is it that you're, what is it that you're feeling when, cause Kim, um, for those listeners that don't know her well enough is very much a water baby is what we call her. And the ocean is a really deep connection, any water, but mostly the ocean and oftentimes Hawaii. So do you, do you get the gypsy almost call to go to Hawaii? Does it like, hey, Kim, go to Hawaii? I mean, does that happen? Yeah, I think that I didn't realize, like, over the years, I've always wanted to be by the ocean. I I didn't know why. Yeah. But that's the call that, that I should be closer to the water or get to the water. Right. And um, it's, for me, I had kind of a fear of the big ocean, but I love to put my, you know, body into the shallow and, right. and I feel so much about the ocean. I think that that, um, understanding, I, I didn't get that. I didn't understand why. And it was because of the energy I was feeling coming out of the ocean. There was a lot of fear. There was some anger. There was, there were things that I didn't know weren't my feelings. I get a lot of anger when I stand next to the ocean. Like the ocean's angry a lot. Well, because if you think about it, with um, the pandemic, a lot of the shipping slowed down or stopped. A lot of the waters weren't having the tourism boats and all of the things in there. It got clean. It it cleaned up. And it was actually more peaceful, especially when you think about the whales and the dolphins and and all the sonar type animals that their lives didn't have radar. Because the the foot traffic was gone. Yeah, Yeah, right. And that I think that they were loving what's going on in the ocean much more. Mm -hmm. And so I still do, even from here, I do water work. Um, where I tap in when I can, like with the sand, um, shells, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing from Mm -hmm. where I've been before and, um, can go to that place with, you know, different music or sounds and, um, and it just seems better right now. Do you have any awareness, just curiosity? Um, cause I never thought of this to right now. You live in the land of 10,000 lakes (laughs) and you love the ocean. Does, does your body use you to communicate a lake message or a stream or a river to the ocean and vice versa? You know, I guess I don't know that, but I do know that um, Lake Superior comes in quite often. 
Okay. Which through the lake chain yeah. would be a connection out to the ocean. Right. Um, that might be something to dabble and yeah, play with. Because, I, I mean, so. I never really thought about that until we're chatting about it right now. Because, you know, we're off the cuff when we do right, these. And, yeah. and it might really behoove you to say, if I am placed in this particular area for family, friends, and, and other external things, obviously your body's supposed to be here too for right mm-hmm. now. And what does that mean? What does that offer me? Because the amount of tributaries and the amount of streams and the amounts of mm-hmm. you know ponds and god forbid the amounts of lakes there may indeed be something that you are placed here for that specific reason it would be really interesting well <clears throat> actually um i did kind of a um, self inner search session last week and i am one of the things that came up when i was writing down all of the is that i need to um go out to different places yeah. where there's water in Minnesota. Awesome. Um, I need to take photographs or pictures because I, you know, I take my camera yeah. um, to different places and then write prayer while I'm oh, there. Oh, cool. So I'm like, that just totally, after talking through that, yes, I do think that I'm supposed to move around and um, go Moves to these the places. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sure there's reasons. For... And so many people use, um, especially like our Mississippi, obviously, and the mm-hmm. headwaters and how that travels downward. And they do put prayer in and they put messaging in. So mm-hmm. it would be really super interesting to do that. It's just a different way. So so in this case, uh, you know, it's interesting because we were talking that we use the body more like a flash drive. It's mm-hmm. like I use my physical body, but I also use my telepathy Mm -hmm. I also use my head and I exchange things in my mind and in my head and I do circuitry in my head so we may not always just necessarily have to feel it in our meat body we can do it in our mind and in our heart and in our soul so you're saying more like I do that because it's more like prayer right I mean that's interesting exactly and um especially because I I cannot physically be everywhere I think I want to be um but funny enough we were just my husband and I went to Sedona and um, I was, I felt like I told, well, I kind of said this to you. I, I was in like another timeline um, when I booked the trip. Yeah, yeah. And I booked the cabin. I remember and I you the said that. You're like, you're like, well, I'm not even. like, oh my God, I even I? booked the flights. What just happened? Yeah. And I'm looking at my husband going, I hope you're okay with all of this. You because... texted me that exact day and you yeah. said, I think I'm in <laughs> another dimension and I literally just booked something that oh, I wasn't even in the space and the place. That's so funny. Yeah. That's and so funny. I um, was laughing really hard about that. But while I was there, it was the full moon and there was definitely thing there were, tra- it was transmission of information okay. while I was there. Okay. There were probably two or three days where I know that um, things were happening and not that I understand them or what they are. Um, oh my God, stop right there. I understand them and I know what they are. What does it feel like to not understand them? Because I think that's what the unknown gypsy is going to experience. Well, that's where I had to learn to trust and have faith. Okay. That whatever's happening. Um, so are you just hanging and your body's doing something? I mean, what does that I can, biologically feel like, I guess? Biologically, there's usually my body hums a little bit. Like okay. there's a little bit of vibration in my body, but... It's in that um, between sleep and awake oh, time frame. Okay, like during the night usually, um, four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, the witching in the morning, hour. The yeah. whole, um, and behind my eyes, I see like uh, this time I saw a lot of letters and numbers. It was like you were seeing binary code. Yeah. Good job. And um, there was a lot of that happening. And then there's this always kind of crazy. I do believe it's it's um, inner earth work okay where i have different creatures and faces that just morph morph and come through and um i feel like i'm part of however they need to move yes um within the inner earth or the second dimension or whatever um dimension they're in so technically what you're doing is is you're moving from totally not knowing to now being in a place of sort of knowing to then in a place of holding space and now you're in the space and now you're in the space where you're actually getting the information so Mm -hmm. that's why it's fun to have you on this because you are progressing and moving through all those stages and you're and you can understand where so many different listeners are at because there might be somebody in all those spaces in all those different spaces. Mm-hmm, there might be right. five people listening and one each has one of those spaces, you know, because the more that we do this stuff, the more that we learn if we if we just ask. And, and it's important, by the way, for us to ask in terms of guidance, like, what am I doing? Why do I want to know that? What do I want to see? 
Um, and so it's, I think, really super cool to be able to learn from yourself. You're learning from yourself, you know? I am. And, and you know what? And that's the hardest part is that I sitting with you in Peru that first time. That yeah. was the first time I saw color in a meditation. And the first time I saw actually like a goddess come into my meditation when we were with the shamans. And there were things that happened where I'm like, no way. Yeah. Am I high? Do I trust this? <laughs> and do I understand what's happening to me? No. Yeah. I definitely don't. And it takes time to really um, understand that it, it is about trust and faith. And, and that gets shaken as you go through things. Yes, it does. You know, and I keep going back to, you know what? I trust what's happening. I'm in the right place at the right time. And I have faith that, you know, what is happening is meant to be. And these gypsies are going to be more and more important in the very, at this time and in the very near future and beyond because the Gaia planet itself, the actual Mother Earth is activating. Mm -hmm. And and within Gaia itself, we have what are known as ley lines, which are meridian lines like we have in our body. And these meridian lines are all connected in inner Earth and on planet and throughout planet. And these connect not only in and on planet, but to the cosmos above. And this is a circuitry activation that's happening. And so when somebody is called as a gypsy to get to some place, our physicality is connecting a circuitry. It's mm-hmm. connecting a point A to point B or whatever. Mm-hmm. And these are important things for us to understand that you don't necessarily have to know what you're doing. Your body is automatically doing it. If you choose to, as you have, learn more, identify more, you know, work with work with energy people that are helping you understand that and connecting you and heightening you, then you do get more. You get more activations. You get I mean, I had two clients today that I upgraded that are just like their their minds were just like because they went to this whole heightened space that's like, oh my God, and it was all circuitry work. And wow. you know, we we don't necessarily do circuitry work on ourselves. And so mm-hmm. if that's something that somebody wants, go find a practitioner that does quantum work because uh, you can't necessarily always do it by yourself. You know, these are things that we don't get taught. This was normal back when in the ancient times, you know, understanding that we're part of the circuitry was normal. Mm -hmm. That's what they did all day long is understand I need to activate this spot in the ground. I need to get this information from point A to point B. I'm going to put it into a crystal. I'm going to put it into a skull. I'm going to bury it in the ground. I'm going to put it into the water. Mm -hmm. We don't do any of that. We're just, this is a sacred area for whatever reason. Yeah. This is a, you know, it, it's, and then you look at um, the writings on the wall from way back yeah. then. They knew. They knew exactly what they, they were doing. They knew the cosmos and, and where things needed to be and how to And we're how so boring. We go to work all day and stand in a coffee shop and schlep stuff out and think that, you know, we're doing something on this planet. And I'm not knocking mm-hmm. coffee shops yeah. and I'm not knocking your jobs. But, you know, these are things that I think we can take very seriously mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily have to know what we're doing. We just be present and we be grateful and we be in the moment. But I think the most important part of the story is to know that, um, you know, we don't have to feel bad if our body is yearning to go somewhere and we don't have to feel like I'm a, a non-success if I keep uprooting and going because this may indeed be exactly why you came to this planet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, I, financials will come in all oh, I, I yep. always do that. I'm like, I can't afford to do that now. That's just crazy talk. Why would I go to Peru yeah. twice? You know, and, <laughs> and um and, and it was so I was supposed to be there yes. both times. That was part of the journey, the spiritual journey that I'm on. And and it always seems to work out. It always you know? does yeah. amazingly because yeah. if you really do have faith and you have guidance and that you allow being, you know, taken care of by whatever God package mm-hmm. you want to put that on, um, it will come through, but we get in our own way. It's us that gets mm-hmm. in our own way. And so these kinds of people are very important right now because this activation, the circuitry of the actual land, this is when all of a sudden, oh, lo and behold, isn't that crazy on the news? They found a bunch of dead sea scrolls in some jar in the middle of nowhere and it's part of the Bible, you know, and everyone goes, what? You know, these things will come to light and come to fruition and come to material matter in in terms of act 
activation because people are doing this kind of work. It doesn't just unearth itself by accident. And all of these pieces of the puzzle of who we really are and what our, you know, what our actual civilization is about. What are we as a species? What has this planet been doing? Yeah. You know, we've been tricked and, and basically, you know, bamboozled for eons in terms of what is our truth here. And so when we get back to these really basic things about just use your body in the way that it's designed to be without questioning and it is it that's when things are going to change. Well, that's the hardest part is getting out of your logical brain. Mm-hmm. And my brain was very, very uh, <laughs> methodical, methodical, logical, all task of those words, master. like taskmaster, I need a list, I've got to be in charge, I need to control, I need to... And everyone needs the, to know that's it. That's what's taking, it's been really, really hard to change that around. Yeah, but it gets yeah. easier. It does, it does. It gets it way easier. It takes a lot of practice. But we trigger, I mean, we were laughing, mm-hmm. you and I, just not all that long ago, <laughs> that we both triggered on, you triggered on, what was it, Easter? Yeah. When you all of a sudden had to have all the right napkins and the right colored plates and the right this and the right that, you know, like, we can what trigger. Am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And we can trigger just like our client. I mean, yeah. our client triggered and, you know, that's what happens. And uh, this is, I think, a really important thing to be able to give yourself a break and not be too hard on yourself because we are human. And, you know, uh, we do have relationships and we will constantly be readjusting. But my goal in most of these, and thank you for sharing your stories tonight, is to be able to let other people know that we're all just human and we do change and we're never great at this. And the goal ultimately is to be able to paradigm shift faster and quicker and be in the moment and stay present and heed the call in this in this case is heed the call from the guidance and know that guidance isn't something that we necessarily have unless we start to get that relationship with it. You know, do the work to find your guidance, do the work to discern your own messages, know what your own truths are, et cetera, et cetera. And then this stuff gets to be a little bit easier, you know? It does. And, and it's, it's so much more fun. Yeah. I to say that. Yeah. yeah. And, and being the gypsy, it isn't always fun, but in my opinion, most of the time it is. Can you imagine? I mean, you're just, yeah. Yeah. I think it could be, it's all in perspective, you know, and trust and faith. I think that, you know, that's probably the hardest place to get to. And for, these days you yeah. can get one of those super cool, you know, rocked out vans, vans? and just, <laughs> trust me, I've had Have you been the talking thought. to my husband? Yeah. <laughs> he wants to do the. He's a gypsy, I think. He yeah. wants to do the big. The big RV. The RV yeah. track. I was just not quite there yet. I'm going to call you Esmeralda then. <laughs> All right, everybody, on behalf of our client and Kim and Suzanne, thank you for listening to this episode of Energy Unleashed. It was really fun to be able to talk this through. And until next time, Cosmic Hugs. Thank you so much for listening. You'll hear from us again soon. And for any more information, please check out sworthly.com. Thanks.